0: The transition from high school to college is considered a high-risk period for the development of eating disorders. What are the realities of the eating habits of college freshmen? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sherry Delinsky. Dr. Delinsky is a clinical psychologist at Massachusetts General Hospital and McLean Hospital and an instructor at Harvard Medical School. Her primary clinical interest is in cognitive behavioral therapy for anorexia and bulimia nervosa, and her research focuses on treatment outcome and predictors of change, as well as the prevention of disordered eating. Her research has examined residential treatment, ambivalence about recovery, the effectiveness of mirror exposure treatment for body image disturbance, the freshman 15, and development of disordered eating among college women, attitude towards cosmetic surgery and disordered eating and weight loss in self-help groups. Welcome to ReachMD, Dr. Dolinsky.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm really curious why you chose to study the freshman 15.
1: When I was in graduate school, I was working at an eating disorders clinic on a college campus, and I noticed that a lot of the patients talked about having their eating disorder start when they got to college, and they were very concerned about the weight they had gained during their freshman year. And what I noticed about these young women is that none of them were overweight. They were all normal weight or underweight. And I started to wonder whether they had, in fact, gained this dreaded freshman 15 or whether they just had perceived they had gained weight. So I started to look at the literature, and there had only been a handful of studies done to investigate whether the freshman 15 actually exists. And none of the studies indicated that it did. So I thought I would study it myself and find out whether freshman women actually gain weight during their first year of college. So it came about as an interest of mine because I knew that some women were developing eating disorders because they were so concerned about gaining weight during their freshman year of college. But I didn't think that they were gaining as much weight as they felt they were.
0: Boys and girls? or
1: We looked only at women, and the reason for that is because body image is pretty different for men and for women. And relationship to weight gain is is also pretty different for men and for women. Women are very concerned about weight gain. And for some young men, they actually want to gain weight. Getting bigger is sort of a good thing. So we thought reactions to weight gain might be different between men and women. So we only studied women. Body image is much more of a concern for women right now, putting much more focus on their weight, a lot more concern about their weight and their appearance than men. Although, unfortunately, that seems to be changing and men are becoming more and more concerned. Now, which college was this? This was at Rutgers, where I was studying at the time. Would there be a difference, do you think
0: or do you suspect, between one college and another college, depending on the particular culture of the environment?
1: That's a great question. More has to do with the subcultures, at a particular college. So, for example, there's some research to suggest that peer influences are particularly important among people that age in terms of eating and body image. So, one's friends probably influence you more, especially if there are things like fat talk, dieting talk, binge eating, or binge drinking that happen as part of a group. So, I think the subculture at a college that someone might be a part of is probably more important than the actual college where someone's attending. Colleges that are very focused on academic performance and people are very high achieving might also have people who feel much more pressure to look good, to be perfect in lots of different ways. But I think overall there are probably more similarities across colleges than differences. They're just common factors about college, college life, like being away from home, the stress of it, the time pressure that would be common across all colleges.
0: Now, did you expect that in an attempt to avoid the freshman 15 that you would find eating disorders or at least disordered eating?
1: That was the hypothesis that I had and the reason for doing the research because I had a feeling that people who were more concerned about avoiding the freshman 15 might, as a result, end up doing things like dieting, restricting their eating, skipping meals, over exercising, things like that and that's that hypothesis was supported in the research.
0: So what all did you find in your research?
1: Well, what we found was that the freshman 15 was largely a myth and that the mean weight gain that these women reported over the course of the year, was really only about three pounds. Um, Three pounds? That's a a big difference. (laughs) Wow. Three three pounds versus 15 pounds. I mean, three pounds is quite a small amount. And the other thing about that is that a good portion of the women didn't gain weight at all. They stayed the same weight or lost weight. So 63% of the women gained weight. And among the people who gained weight, the average weight gain was seven pounds. So we're still talking about something significantly less than the 15 pounds that is out there that people are afraid of. So we found that the weight gain was a lot smaller than people had thought, but we also found that people were quite concerned about gaining the weight. And even when we controlled for disordered eating attitudes that people had at the beginning of the freshman year, things like concern about freshman 15, dietary restraint, and self-esteem predicted disordered eating attitudes at the end of the freshman year, specifically concerns about shape and weight. It's pretty consistent with our hypothesis that concern about freshman 15 would be a factor predicting disordered attitudes at the end of the freshman year.
0: If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Sherry Delinsky. We are discussing the freshman 15 which I guess we should rename as the Freshman 3. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> sound nearly as good, Sherry.
1: <laughs> it doesn't have the drama of the Freshman 15, but it's much more realistic. And reassuring, hopefully. Absolutely.
0: Although I wonder, you know, for me myself, I actually grew a couple inches my freshman year in college, so of course I gained weight. Did you look at that at all?
1: We didn't. We didn't actually look at changes in height, although that would have been important. But the idea is probably that some of this weight is normal, healthy, continual growth that these adolescents are experiencing. So it's not uncommon for them to, let's say, not have completely finished with any of the, you know, pubertal changes Mm -hmm. that are happening. And so some weight gain is actually very normal and healthy.
0: So other than the number of pounds actually gained, were you surprised by any of the results?
1: I was surprised by some of the changes in disordered eating, I probably shouldn't have been all <laughs> <of> that surprised, <laughs> given that we know that, especially the freshman year of college, is a high-risk time. But there was a fair amount of binge eating and self-induced vomiting and those kinds of things um, during the freshman year. So it's always surprising to hear that that, you know, is something that people are resorting to.
0: Now, based on your work, do you suggest any strategies to avoid the freshman 15 that hopefully are a little bit more healthy than the disordered eating strategies? Right.
1: Absolutely. Because one of the things that we looked at was the role of dietary restraint. And the strategies that I would really recommend for college freshmen is to try to be as reasonable, moderate, and flexible in your eating as possible and to not go the route of restraining your eating. So in terms of dietary restraint, not skipping meals, not counting calories, not eliminating whole food groups, but really trying to take a reasonable, healthy approach, making time to eat three meals a day, two to three snacks a day, really sitting down and eating a healthy meal with reasonable portions and incorporating moderate exercise. It's hard, I think, for college freshmen to make the transition in terms of their eating and exercise habits, especially because they're so busy, they're so stressed out. But it's one of the things that comes with being a responsible adult is taking care of yourself. And that's definitely what I would advocate.
0: Now, many of our listeners are primary care physicians treating adolescents. And, you know, those of us that do that, we're in a a bit of a tricky situation because we've maybe seen them throughout their youth and adolescence, and now we lose control of them. They go off to their student health clinics at their local colleges, and we may either never see them again Mm -hmm. or see them once a year in the summer. Right. Any advice you can give to those of us in that situation?
1: Right. Definitely, if you are able to follow up with them, check in with them about their weight and about their feelings about their weight. Because one of the things that we found in the study was that even though the percent of folks who became overweight over the course of the year was very, very small, the percent of folks who considered themselves to be overweight was very high. And I think that speaks to the fact that something about being at a college campus really makes women especially much more self-conscious and feeling overweight. And so to try to check in with them about their feelings about their weight, are they more self-conscious and more critical of their bodies, and are they doing anything to deal with that, especially are they doing anything unhealthy to deal with that. So to try to promote healthy habits, healthy eating habits, self-care and more positive body image and to detect any problem attitudes and behaviors that might be developing, especially because it's such a high-risk time. Well,
0: thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. We've been discussing the Freshman 15, which we've now officially renamed as the Freshman 3, with our guest today, Dr. Sherry Dolinsky. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157 the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and your comments, so please visit us at reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library of shows. Thank you for listening.